Welcome back to the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Brown. We had a ton of responses to our 2015 State of the Industry survey with lots of great feedback about how you guys have survived the last year. Now, the results of that survey are in our January and February print editions, and you should look those up. But we also wanted to talk to some of the superintendents who took part in that survey to get a look at some of the challenges that they're facing this year. And today, we're talking with Justin Dorman at Rhapsodicus Golf Club in Mentem, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, it's good to have you. You responded to the survey, and you had talked a little bit about how you've worked with your, your membership a little bit this year. But before we get there, let's do a little bit of background first. Can you give me a little bit of an overview of your course? Sure. Rocksidicus Golf Club is, like you said, located in Mendham, New Jersey. And it's quite unique. When you think of New Jersey, you think about Newark Airport and Jersey City and things like that. But Rocksidicus is tucked away in, in the hills of Mendham. It has a lot of beautiful views and, and vistas, and, and it's very tree-lined. We're a private 18-hole course. I have a staff of 18 men on the crew. The course was built in 1965, and it's, it was on an old estate, so we look a little older than we are. Yeah, that's about it. All right. How was your last year? How did that look for you? Well, weather-wise, it was pretty good. You know, we had a had a decent summer and fall, but the winter was quite challenging. We had a lot of ice encapsulation and some cold temperatures, which put the, the grass under a lot of stress throughout the winter and coming out of the spring. But I think we were all caught by surprise in the summer when uh, we came to realize that the turf was probably more exhausted than we expected coming out of the winter, mm -hmm. a lack of carbohydrate reserves and things like that that kind of hampered the, the ability for the for the turf to make it through the year, specifically with regard to the Poanya. You know, one of the things that we had talked about earlier is that how you've kind of tried to work with your members to get them to look more long-term. How is that a problem for you on the course? Well, you know, you, you have a, a certain demographic of people that like the club for the way it is now, that, that joined 30 years ago even, that are used to kind of a men's-only atmosphere that like the club just the way it is, and they're used to coming up and, and just going out and getting a game. But then we're looking to attract new members as well, which it's a totally different kind of gentleman that's joining the club these days. He doesn't get to just write the check on his own, right? So there has to be something for her and the kids at the club, not just the golf course. And I think there's a lot of pushback from members that don't want to contribute to a new clubhouse, per se, or a new pool or a new battery of tennis courts that they're never going to realize the benefit of, you're kind of faced with that challenge. How, how have you seen this in the last year? Did you have a project or anything like that that you were trying to work through in the last year that you, you, you met some resistance on? Well, yes, I think the uh, on the golf course specifically, we were really trying to maintain high standards. And I, as I mentioned earlier in the intro, we have a numerous amount of trees. Every hole basically is tree-lined. The shade issues there really complicate the, the growing conditions, specifically when you're trying to provide fast green speeds and, and championship-like quality. It's a choice of either trees or turf in, in a lot of instances. And a lot of the older people, again, they're the ones that typically tend to, to push back on any kind of change for the better. And I think, you know, with regard to the golf course, it's the tree issue that we're, we're battling. 
more so the the clubhouse facilities otherwise you know they 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 kind of polled the membership and their feelings about the the whole facility and it was the clubhouse more so than anything else that they they think they need a change in but then again i mean who wants a multi-million dollar you know clubhouse and the assessment that goes along with it what are you doing this year to kind of combat that well we we uh, brought the usga in to get their documentation of the whole tree issue and, and air movement shade and root competition problems and they've really backed us up and validated all our concerns and you know we, we have an architect that we work closely with so with myself it's kind of a three-point approach I should say to present this to the membership so we're trying to bring as many experts in as possible to, to back us up. So you guys are trying to rely on just showing the membership exactly what they'd really be getting out of this? Right. To see what the problems are and what the results could be like. You know, a lot of people think you're just cutting down trees for the sake of cutting them down. And, you know, you have certain people that, that think that, you know, it makes you a bad person. But, in fact, if you have 10 trees growing within a, a you know, 100 by 100 foot square area, you need to take eight of those trees or even nine of those trees out, the one tree will live a lot longer than if it would have grown within the other group of trees. And it's something that kind of runs counter to what uh, some of the membership might think automatically. And they, you know, they know the tree that's been there since they've been there. But maybe, you know, looking at these facts from the USGA, does that kind of help put it in perspective? It does. They, they really have a way of uh, bringing science to the table and explaining things. Honestly, just the fact that they are the USDA, they carries a lot of weight. Do you have any, any guidelines that you use? Well, again, we just try to be as proactive as possible and, and develop a plan with communicating to them. I do a weekly newsletter, if you will, to the membership explaining what we're doing on the course and you always try to uh, incorporate other entities like the architect or the forester or the USGA or all of them to kind of back you up and just keep reiterating the information and hopefully they buy it. <laughs> there's, some, there's some people that just don't believe you no matter what, but at least you have a track record to show that you had a plan. Do you have a Twitter feed or anything else that you use to keep your members updated? I do. We have Twitter. And uh, I'm thinking about starting an Instagram account. What's your Twitter handle? At Roxiticus Green. All right. And you can read more stories like Justin's in uh, the January and February issues of GCI with the rest of our SOI information and all the data that we got out of that. Thanks so much for being on the show, Justin. You're welcome, Kyle, and thank you. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media, Inc., I've been your host and producer, Kyle Brown. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page on golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.